please be seated. Scripture readings about the centurion and Jesus' death. After Jesus was sentenced to be crucified, the soldiers led him away into the palace and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together crowns of thorns and set it on him. Then they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews. Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. When they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe, put on his own clothes, led him out to crucify him. Later, around noon, when Jesus had been hanging on the cross for three hours, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun, the sun stopped shining. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father! Into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he had breathed his last. The centurion, seeing what had happened, praised God and said, Surely this was a righteous man. It was preparation day, that is, the day before the Sabbath. So as evening approached, Joseph of Arimathea, a prominent member of the council, who was himself waiting for the kingdom of God, went boldly to Pilate and asked for Jesus' body. Pilate was surprised to hear that he was already dead. Summoning a centurion, he asked him if Jesus had already died. When he had learned from the centurion that it was so, he gave the body to Joseph. So Joseph bought some linen cloth, took down the body, wrapped it up in linen, and placed it in a tomb cut out of rock. And he rolled the stone against the entrance of the tomb. Thank you all for joining us tonight for this live taping of, of 60 Minutes. I'm Bobby Schlembot, and I'm the producer for tonight's show. We are really excited about tonight's topic, Is Jesus of Nazareth Dead or Alive? For certain segments of our view viewing audience, this question is a huge deal. And to the best of our knowledge, we are the first to conduct an in-depth investigation into the rumors that Jesus is, in fact, alive. And now, will you please welcome our lead anchor tonight, Megan Watry Christian. And now, will you please welcome our special guest, a Roman centurion we are calling Captain Marcus. At his request, we've changed his name to protect his identity and especially his family's safety. As you can imagine, this is a very volatile topic, so we're very thankful for his willingness to join us tonight. We'll get started in just a minute. story comes from the region of Galilee in Israel, where a growing wave of people are claiming to have seen a man who was once dead but is now alive. Let's take a look back at the events of that Friday. 
Jesus of Nazareth. Some called him King of the Jews. What we know for certain is that he was the son of a carpenter who became an itinerant preacher and a zealot who frequently opposed the Jewish leaders. His public activity spanned only a few years and his popularity ebbed and flowed. Some thought he might be the much anticipated Jewish Messiah, but those hopes came crashing down when Jesus was publicly crucified six weeks ago in Jerusalem. That Thursday, Jesus was arrested and went through a series of trials throughout the night. Eventually, he was sentenced to death by crucifixion, which was carried out immediately. Surprisingly, we are now hearing widespread reports from witnesses saying that Jesus has been seen alive. Now we look to the man who was charged with carrying out the execution to learn whether or not this is possible. Is Jesus of Nazareth still alive? Tonight's guest is Roman Centurion, Captain Marcus. Thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Captain Marcus, your role in these events was to carry out the death sentence passed down from Pontius Pilate. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Are you aware of reports that um, Jesus has been seen alive? Well, uh, the first I'd heard of that was when you all contacted me to be on the show, but, you know, to me that just seems ridiculous. How does a dead man come back to life? I don't know. I, I saw him dead with my own eyes. I verified that he was dead. He's dead. Well, it's a rather sizable group of Galileans who are claiming that he has appeared to them many times over the course of about 40 days. Some reports are even saying that the number of witnesses is as high as 500. What's your response to these reports? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't really want to put myself in the position of judging other people's opinions, but, I mean, to me, there's really no basis for those types of rumors. I don't really put much credence on them. I mean, he's dead. And again, a dead man can't come back to life. Okay, can you explain for us the events um, of the day when Jesus was crucified? Sure. It was a relatively more normal day. It was a Friday, and that morning uh, we were scheduled to crucify uh, three criminals to be exact. And my men and I, we were getting ready for those crucifixions. As a centurion, my main role is to oversee the crucifixions. And so I make sure the soldiers are all doing their duties. I make sure the crowd stays under control. I, I verify that the men who are condemned to death do actually die. And so that's my main role. I remember on that particular Friday, uh, the emotions around Jerusalem were running a little bit higher than usual. Uh, it was the Passover celebration, which is just this huge Jewish festival, a, a big holiday of theirs. So there were a lot of Jews coming into Jerusalem from all over Israel. I mean, thousands of extra Jews were flooding the streets. So emotions were running pretty high. Uh, one of the other things I remember on that day was that, as I said, there were three men scheduled to be crucified. But there was a last minute change to that. There was this man, Barabbas, who was scheduled to be crucified. Mm -hmm. uh, and he certainly deserved it. He had uh, rebelled against the Roman Empire. He defied Caesar. If anyone deserves crucifixion, it is someone like that. And I mean, on top of that, in the process, he murdered several people. And so he was scheduled to be crucified on that day. But somehow or another, I don't understand this, somehow the Jewish leaders convinced Pontius Pilate to let Barabbas go in his place to crucify another man, this Jesus of Nazareth. Had you heard of Jesus before? Well, um, I mean, if you're in Jerusalem, it's kind of hard not to have heard of him, especially 
because just a few days earlier, uh, he'd come into Jerusalem in, in a pretty dramatic way. He was riding a donkey, and the Jews were all just going crazy. They were hailing him as their king and waving palm branches in the air and laying their cloaks down the street and quoting from their holy books. So, I mean, you can't really miss that type of celebration. Uh, we, we soldiers, we were put on a high alert just in case things got out of hand and things got kind of dangerous, but nothing really came from it. Uh, the official report was simply that Jesus was a relatively peaceful man who posed no threat to Rome. Okay, so what happened after Barabbas was released? Well, I mean, he went free and my men took Jesus into custody. We heard that they were mocking him. <laughs> well, I, I guess you could call it that. Um, one of the things you have to understand is that our role uh, is killing people. And for people like you, that may seem like a heinous act, like some job you never want. But it's just a fact of our lives. And whether you like it or not, our job of crucifixion, it kind of becomes routine after a while. I mean, the same thing is day in, day out. And so we look for opportunities to have some fun with it. And so when my soldiers heard that this man was Jesus of Nazareth, the one hailed as king of the Jews, they decided to have some fun with that. So they, you know, they, they just put a nice little crown on his head, and they, they dressed him up in some nice robes. They played some games with him. So, I mean, some people call it mocking. We just, we were just having some fun with him. And after that, my soldiers did their typical duty that's done to a criminal prior to crucifixion. I mean, they, they beat him around a little bit and then sent him up to me on Golgotha to crucify him. That's pretty much what happened. Can you tell us about Jesus' death? Well, he was crucified. One of the things you have to understand is that crucifixion is an excruciating way to die. It is humiliating. They are stripped of all their dignity up there on that cross. And it is, crucifixion is really reserved for the scum of the earth. And one of the things you have to understand is that crucifixion is a prolonged death. That is why it's still a favored form of execution to really punish people badly. It usually takes criminals several days to die of crucifixion. And they die by suffocation, typically, because they, they in the process of crucifixion, we don't damage any of their main organs, typically. And so in order to get a breath, they're up there on that cross. Their hands are out like this. They have nails through their wrists and through their feet. The only way they can get a breath up there on the cross is to pull themselves up on those nails. And so as long as they have energy, they can keep getting breaths. They will stay alive. And it's only when they run out of energy and they can no longer get a breath that they die. So typically, death by crucifixion takes quite a while. And that's, I mean, Jesus was crucified. Very humiliating, excruciating death. Correct me if I'm wrong, but Jesus reportedly died after only six hours. Isn't that unusually quick? <laughs> well, I mean... That is true. He did die in about six hours. We crucified him at nine in the morning. Uh, he died somewhere in the range of three in the afternoon. I mean, so that's quicker than usual. It's not unprecedented, though. Does it make you suspicious that he died that quickly? Perhaps he wasn't actually dead when he was removed from the cross, and that could explain his sightings. No. Um, you have to understand, we are experts in killing. That is one of our jobs. We make sure that anyone who is sentenced to death does actually die. So he was dead. Well, how do you explain then that he died so quickly? Well, I think the main way to understand that is he lost a lot of blood. He, he came to Golgotha weaker than most criminals who are, uh, who are scheduled for crucifixion. I think the soldiers, you know, they got, 
they got pretty into the beatings, and so he suffered a lot of blood loss. He didn't even have the strength to carry his own cross up to Golgotha to be crucified. They had to call someone out of the crowd to carry his cross for him, and so by the time he got to us, he was very weak, and I think that blood loss that he sustained explains the, the quickness of his death. Okay, well, I don't want to disrespect you, but people are talking. This is your chance to tell them what really happened to quiet them down. So are you okay if I ask a few more questions? I guess if you want, yeah. We know that Jesus had several wealthy admirers, like Joseph of Arimathea, um, who took Jesus' body off the cross to bury him. Did you have any prior contact with any of Jesus' followers before the crucifixion? No. Um, I mean, a number of them were present when we were crucifying him, but no, otherwise, no contact with them. Why do you ask? Well, if Jesus really has been seen alive, we have to assume that he never actually died. I mean, how else could he still be alive today? Well, I mean, I, I agree with you that when someone dies, you don't expect to see them alive. So, so Jesus is dead, but, I mean, again, why do you ask about his followers? Captain Marcus, a soldier's salary is not very large. Perhaps you could have used some extra financial support to help your family. Did any of Jesus' followers give you any money in exchange for a favor? Are you serious? I mean, that is ridiculous, and that is insulting to me, because I take my job very, very seriously. If I accepted a bribe from someone, that would dishonor Caesar, whom I honor above all else. And on top of that, I would be killed. I would be put to death myself if I let anyone condemned to death go free without dying. They would kill you? Yes. That is how serious my role is. That, Again, if someone is sent to me, sentenced to death, and for any reason at all, they don't die, I will be killed in their place because I did not fulfill my duty to Caesar. Wasn't it possible that you could have made a mistake? I mean, Jesus did die so quickly. Perhaps he lost consciousness um, before he was taken down and then revived in the coolness of the tomb. No, I do not think you're understanding this very clearly. That he was dead... I made sure he was dead. I have never let someone who was sentenced to death escape freely. He was dead. And I verified that. You know, the Jewish leaders, I don't always understand them, but on that particular day, the Sabbath was the next day, and they were kind of embarrassed by having those bodies up on the crosses. And yeah, I mean, it was strange, because one hand, they want Jesus up there on the cross. They said, crucify him. And then on the other hand, they want him off the cross, because, you know, all these people were in town. So they were kind of embarrassed by those bodies. So they requested that we speed their death. And so I went to each of those three men being crucified that day, and two of them were still alive when I went to them in mid-afternoon. And to speed their death, I broke their legs. And by doing that, they couldn't get a breath very easily, so they died much quicker. And then when I got to Jesus, he was already dead. Like I said, I think it was that blood loss that he sustained. And to verify that he was dead, I took my spear, I thrust it into his side, and blood and water flowed out all over the place. It gushed out, and that, that showed that by that point, blood was already pooling in his chest. His heart had stopped beating, and he was dead. So I verified his death. So you're saying there is no way that Jesus could have simply passed out and been revived later? Uh, yes. I am absolutely 100% sure that he was dead. Okay. Reportedly, some interesting events also took place around the time of Jesus' death. Could you tell us about that? Um, yeah, that afternoon and the hours leading up to his death, um, there was an earthquake. Um, and then you know, the sky got 
sky got really dark and abnormally dark for mid-afternoon. It was strange. I don't really know how to explain that. Um, I mean, there was something different about Jesus. Maybe that's part of the explanation. I mean, most of the time when criminals come to me to be executed, they are angry, they are bitter, they're defiant. I mean, they're pushing back against my soldiers. They do not want to be crucified, and they're, they're cursing everything in sight. I mean, they're cursing their, their trial. They're cursing the judge that condemned them. They're cursing me and my men. They're cursing the crowds. I mean, they are cursing everything. They are angry. But then, I mean, with Jesus, there's something different about him. I mean, he, he seemed so at peace with everything that was going on. I mean, he didn't resist at all. He wasn't angry. He wasn't bitter. Um, I mean, it was almost like he was willingly laying down his life. It, it didn't really make sense to me, but, um, I mean, he, like I said, he seemed so at peace with the whole thing. One of the other things I remember was that he was praying while on the cross. And I've seen that before uh, with criminals who are being crucified. Uh, sometimes they're praying prayers of vengeance against their enemies. Mm-hmm. And many times... People, as they sense their death is near, they'll, they'll be praying for God's mercy for them. But Jesus, he was praying a little differently. One of the things he prayed was, he was praying that God would forgive me and my men. He, he claimed that we didn't know what we were doing. and um, I, mean, I knew exactly what I was doing there. I was crucifying him. Um, but still, I remember there was this genuine compassion in his eyes. Do you think that Jesus was innocent? I don't know. Um, my job is to crucify those who are sent to me. I'm not the one who determines whether or not they're guilty or innocent. Um, they're sent to me with a conviction um, of being guilty, and I, I perform my duty. I, I, I fulfill my role of making sure that they die. But, like I said, normally I don't question whether or not they're guilty or innocent, because how could I? Um, you know how much r- r- havoc that would wreak on my conscience? If I was questioning with every criminal coming to me if they're guilty or innocent, I trust that judgment to other people. When they come to me, I just make sure that their judgment is fulfilled. And, and so in general, I don't question whether or not someone's guilty or innocent. But with Jesus, I mean, quite honestly, there was, was a twinge of conscience in me where I, I, I was wondering if by the end, is he justly condemned or is it unjust? I, it was just a thought going through my mind, but I mean, I will say by the end, I really had the sense that he, he seemed like a righteous man. It's obvious his death greatly affected you, and that you're convinced that Jesus was in fact dead. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have no doubt that he was dead. I mean, was he justly condemned? I don't know, but, but yeah, he was dead. Did you accompany the body to the tomb? No, I did not. What happened after it left your custody? Well, you referenced Joseph of Arimathea earlier. Um, he requested from Pilate the body of Jesus to bury it. And I knew that Jesus was already dead, so I, I gave Joseph the body with Pilate's consent. And I'm guessing that Joseph then took it and buried it. I, I did hear that Pilate did ask that the tomb would be sealed and that guards would be posted 24 hours a day to guard the tomb. But beyond that, I don't know what happened. So why do you think these rumors are circulating about seeing Jesus alive? I don't know. I mean, to me, they seem ridiculous because, again, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus was dead, and I don't know how you take someone who's dead and make them alive again. So to me, 
I mean, these people who are claiming that Jesus is alive after he died, I mean, maybe they're delusional. Um, maybe they've seen some vision of some sort. If I had to guess, I mean, I'm out of my league here, but if I had to guess, um, I would say they're probably lying because it's pretty humiliating for them to be hailing him as their Messiah, their King of the Jews, and then suddenly for him to die. So I'm guessing they're just trying to save face, trying to make up the story that they've seen him alive. And I don't know, vision, delusional, lying, whatever. But just, you know, give it just a matter of a few weeks because if that many people are claiming to see him alive, I mean, he was dead. Dead people can't come back to life. Just give it some time because people can't maintain a lie for that long. So just give it a few weeks and the truth will come out. Well, thank you very much for joining us here tonight, Captain Marcus. Based on this account, it seems we can be certain that Jesus of Nazareth was in fact killed that Friday night. However, the events following are still a mystery. This has been Megan Watry Christian with 60 Minutes. Thank you for joining us and good night. And we're clear. Thank you, too. Great job. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us for this special live taping of 60 Minutes. This is destined to be a momentous episode. It will either be the nail in the coffin verifying that Jesus is truly dead, or else we have a story of amazing proportions if... Somehow, Jesus is no longer dead. Only time will tell. Good night.